0: Something unexpected happened in an online course that Aaron and Sweeney is taking this semester. So I think it was in the second or third lecture that I was watching. He's an undergrad at Concordia University in Montreal. And the professor giving these lectures is Francois-Marc Gagnon. I know I'm probably butchering that name. Here's the professor introducing himself in the intro lecture for the course, which is on YouTube.
1: My name is Francois-Marc Gagnon. I'm the director of Institute of Research in Canadian Art here at Concordia University. And this course uh, that I will give on the internet is entitled From Realism to Abstraction in Canadian Art.
0: Okay, so Aaron, the student taking this online course in Canadian art, he's majoring in art education, and he hopes to become an art teacher one day. So he's pretty engaged in this material. If this were happening in person, I imagine he'd be sitting in the front row. Um, My teacher had
2: mentioned something about one of the art pieces. He had personally known the collector who owned the piece. And I had some follow-up questions about that, not just about the piece and the collector, but just about how art collecting works and, you know, also some ethical questions about that. Because I assume when I'm teaching young, you know, like teenagers about this stuff, they might have these questions. So... I wanted to reach out to him. So he decides to shoot the professor an email. I googled his name to get his email address, and I uh, pulled up his obituary
0: instead. That newspaper article Aaron found said Professor Francois-Marc Gagnon passed away in 2019, almost two years ago.
2: It was really quite bizarre. I, I thought at first that there just coincidentally there was some other prof who had passed away with the same name. I'm like, oh, that's very odd. Wouldn't that be scary? And uh, lo and behold, it was actually the same prof. And it was, in fact, a little scary. So,
0: After he let that sink in and told his girlfriend, he did what I think a lot of students would have done these days. He shared the situation on social media. Uh, The first tweet
2: says, "Um, Hi, excuse me, I just found out that the prof for this online course I'm taking died in 2019. And he's technically still giving classes since he's literally the prof for this course. And I'm learning from lectures recorded before his passing. It's a great class, but what?
0: And yep. That tweet quickly went viral. It's been shared more than 23,000 times by now and, and has 230,000 likes. The attention led to coverage in national publications, including Slate and the Chronicle of Higher Education. The Chronicle's headline, Dead Man Teaching.
2: I mean, because regardless of the class material being good, inevitably I was going to stumble upon something like you know I want to ask him a question about his lecture material and he's not alive so it's a good class but he's not actually here to teach me so that's weird.
0: What can we learn from this unusual moment in online teaching? Hello and welcome to the Ed Surge podcast where each week we look at how education is changing. I'm Jeff Young, a reporter and editor here at Ed Surge. So this is the first I've heard of a situation like this one. But not everyone thought it was so unexpected.
3: I've heard this joke before in meetings that, well, what's going to, like, if, I'm, if I die, are you still going to use these videos? And um, so this to me was, okay, well, I guess we're seeing what happens when you take that to the extreme.
0: That's Joshua Eiler, director of faculty development at the University of Mississippi. He spent a long time thinking deep thoughts about the art and science of teaching. He even wrote a book I love called How Humans Learn, The Science and Stories Behind Effective College Teaching. Aaron, that art education student that started all this off, has been thinking along those lines as well. It turns out his dad's a teacher and has done plenty of teaching with technology. And then it makes me think, like, my
2: dad does this stuff all the time. I'm like, do you think... Are, like, are students in the future going to be watching his videos after he's died and they're not going to know him and he won't know them? Like, I just, I know that this is more of a me problem. Like, you know, I'm the one who's thinking about it. But how could you not? Like, with COVID and everything's
0: online, like, how do you not? <laughs> to be clear, a big part of this particular story seems like a breakdown in communication somewhere. I talked with Aaron about a week ago. So that was several days after those news reports. And he had still not heard anything from the university to try to clarify the situation. There hasn't been any communication
2: um, on their part to any of us, which has been a little odd, because then through other articles, I find out that, you know, the university has been talking to journalists, which was a little odd. Um, You know, I've been, I only, initially, I didn't want to speak to anyone about this because I wanted to kind of be respectful, and I was worried about making a spectacle about this man's death and all that stuff until I started getting contacted by journalists who had statements from the university about what I said. And that's when I was like, well, they make it sound like I just don't know how to read a syllabus. So obviously, I need to comment on this. So it was just odd to me that they didn't reach out to any of us. And then I and I end up reading that they amended his bibliography on the website, which there's a little bit of navigating to get there. So it's still not really... Uh, yeah, it's not super obvious. <laughs> just put it in the syllabus. It would be like, just put it
0: right there in the syllabus when you put his name. I reached out to Concordia, and no administrator would go on tape. But a spokesman did send a statement, which read in part, quote, We of course regret that a student felt they had not been clearly informed and have updated Dr. Gagnon's biography in the course information provided to registered students. Because as you might guess, there is a living instructor who is teaching this course. It's Marco Diasi, and he's an assistant professor of art history at Concordia. He agreed to share his perspective on this
1: in a short audio clip. This course was designed about 10 years ago, long before the pandemic, and it was always intended to be a fully online class where students interacted with the recorded lectures and with a team of instructors behind the scenes. I'm not the first person to be asked to teach this course, since the original professor stepped away from it some years ago. So this course has been
0: quietly operating this way for years. And administrators stress that the videos are simply a teaching tool, akin to a textbook. This whole thing is kind of like a large lecture class, with about 200 students, and there are also two teaching assistants involved. So there are folks to answer student questions. And it turns out the professor in those video lectures is a well-known figure in the Canadian art world.
1: The professor who designed this course, Dr. François-Marc Gagnon, was actually a giant in the scholarly field. He had a multi-decade career as one of the founders, basically, of the modern study of Quebec and Canadian art. He trained a generation of professionals, including some of my colleagues. And he was a passionate teacher, beloved by his students. So part of what I'm saying is that Dr. Gagnon is exactly the kind of person you want designing and building a course like this. Now, unfortunately for me, I never had the pleasure of knowing him. But a few of my colleagues who did know him talk about these recorded lectures as a kind of legacy that he's left us. And it makes me happy to think that I can play a small role in sharing that legacy with a new generation of students. The course was produced as part of eConcordia,
0: which offers fully online courses that are jointly created by Concordia University and a Montreal-based company called Knowledge One. I reached out to Knowledge One. I was really hoping to get them on on tape, but I got no reply at all. And it, it seems like this corporate model of building the course may have been part about how no one was on it to update the videos and details of the course after Dr. Gagnon retired and then later passed away. This reminded Joshua Eiler of the large-scale video courses called MOOCs that were all the rage about 10 years ago. And actually, that's about the time that this eConcordia class was created. MOOC is this clunky word. It stands for Massive Open Online Course. But if you don't remember, a lot of big-name universities were starting to create these free or low-cost video-based courses. And some were getting more than 100,000 students to sign up for them. And Eiler is one of many in higher ed who felt the model for this kind of video course put the emphasis on the wrong thing when it comes to what makes good teaching.
3: It assumes that teaching and learning is merely presenting students with content, uh, having them take notes on content and then, uh, you know, spit it back out in assignments. And um, that, that I think... uh, is completely antithetical to what teaching is supposed to be. Uh, the reason I got into this profession is because I think that teaching is one of the most human enterprises that we have. And it is it, derived in large part from the social interactions of the people in the class, uh, the students in the class, and the students with the teacher.
0: At the height of the mania around MOOCs, There was even talk of trying all kinds of new ways to up the production value of courses, as if that were the key to what would make online courses work better
3: some companies were talking about hiring famous actors to read scripts that professors had written. And we were encountering the same kinds of questions. Well, you can just hire an actor. What good am I, right? What is the value of, of being a teacher and, and being in a classroom? And, and I think the answers we came up with then are the same as now, that what students want are mentors. They want, they want people who are experts in their field to help them, to give guidance, to give feedback, to help them build meaningful lives and careers from the work that we're doing in the classroom that's the you know I I, as much as situations like this raise questions I hope that those are our answers
0: to Eiler the good news about this uproar over the student situation is that it emphasizes the importance of interaction that students don't just want a big name they want to connect
3: so to me, hearing that student's uh, desire to ask a question, that's what teaching is supposed to be. And what he found was that uh, the model that he ran into was uh, a, a, an idea that teaching is simply information delivery. And that doesn't work in an online setting, that, and it doesn't work in a face-to-face setting, you know, just, uh, just uh, presenting nonstop information. Uh, learning really does require interaction. it requires feedback. it requires a give and take from teacher to student that you can't do in a format with with just canned content.
0: I asked the student whether he feels differently now now that he knows the professor has passed away. I know people die all the time and we consume their
2: material, but this isn't the when you're being taught at by someone it's not the same as consuming like writing or a textbook, you know, things that are written in general, he very much addresses his students as if he's in the room with them, you know, there's something very, there's a presence about his teaching, that makes it just a little eerie, you know, <laughs> so.
1: And uh, I don't mean that it's an easy course, because art history is not dealing j- just with facts and with dates, but also with idea with concept. But it should be, uh, I think, uh, rewarding intellectually, and hopefully emotionally
3: also. I think it raises some existential questions about teaching. <laughs> um, what, what you know, what are we even doing here? What have we, what have we given our, our, you know, our careers to?
0: So there are deep questions here, but I think it's safe to say teaching has many parts. The reporter for the Chronicle of Higher Ed who wrote their story interviewed one of Gagnon's three children, Yakir Gagnon. Yakir is in higher ed as well. He's a researcher at a university in Sweden. He actually had no idea that his father's lectures were still being used. But he thought that his dad would be thrilled to live on in his teaching videos. He was quoted as saying, I remember him commenting on the epiphany of realizing that if he records himself explaining a subject really well, that the video can be viewed by an enormous amount of people at the same time and can be reused. He added, he loved and appreciated that he could reach more people, faster, and forever. This has been the Ed Surge Podcast. Each week we bring you stories like this one, and we hope they will live on a long time on the internet. If you like the show, we hope you will subscribe. Wherever you listen to podcasts, and please take a minute to give us a rating, a review. We've been, we have been getting more of those lately, and it, it really makes my day to see, uh, to see people out there and, and responding to what we're doing. Music this episode by Zylo Zico. That track is called Crystals. This episode was written and produced by me, Jeff Young. You can find me on Twitter at jr Young. Thanks, as always, to Ed Surge's managing editor, Tony Wan. We'll be back next week with more on how education is changing. Thanks for listening.